Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Either or is considered Soren Kierkegaard's most important philosophical work. Published in 1843 under the pseudonym of Victor Eremita, which in Latin means Victorious Hermit. Kierkegaard wrote the book while on a visit to Germany, where he got to know some of the key philosophical and artistic figures of the time. In the book, Kierkegaard responds to two German giants, Immanuel Kant and George Hegel. He saw Kantian philosophy a bit too rigidly rational that leaves little or no space for the individual to define himself. Kant's universalistic philosophy lacked a bit of individuality. The same is true about Hegel's historical philosophy that we are by and large shaped by history or dialectical process which can seem quite deterministic, which later became the basis of Marx's historical determinism. So both Kant and Hegel left little or no room for the individual to define himself or herself. So Kierkegaard took things from an individualistic point of view and thus considered the father of existentialism that our life's purpose is not predetermined and it's up to us to define it for ourselves. In other words, we all have choices to make in life that ultimately decides the path we walk on. In this book, Kierkegaard goes to the heart of existence and asks this simple question. What is the purpose of it all? He sees two often contradictory answers. On the one hand, we live to have fun and enjoy pleasures life offers, including artistic beauty. But on the other hand, the other purpose of life is to live ethically and be a good person. So the choice we have is either to indulge in pleasures for ourselves or be good to others. While it's impossible to balance the two, however, in reality, one always takes over. Living a hidden life of indulgence, be it sex, shopping, alcohol, etc., is often the easier option, as is the human animal desires those things without effort. And even an aesthetic life of enjoying beauty is given to us by nature, while living an ethical life needs a lot of discipline and commitment. So Kierkegaard asks which gives the ultimate fulfillment in life, what comes easy and what comes hard. The two lifestyles are written by two separate fictional authors. The hedonistic artistic life is narrated through literary devices such as metaphors, lyrical, prose and is full of imagery. This makes Kierkegaard very unique in Western philosophy as he uses literary writing and his philosophical books, which are supposed to be purely academic and objective. Another philosopher famous for his literary writing is of course the German giant Friedrich Nietzsche, who combined poetry, lyricism, even fictionalized situations in order to put forward his philosophical ideas. He was similar to Dostoevsky as both put forward their philosophical ideas through storytelling. And both were deeply psychological in their writings. So, while presenting an aesthetic lifestyle, Kierkegaard talks about art forms such as music, theater, free love, beauty in general. However, in the moral lifestyle section, 
Kierkegaard writes letter discussing social moral responsibility, self-reflection, and most importantly, love within a marriage. The writing style reflects the fact that an aesthetic lifestyle is based on self-expression of inner desires, while the moral life is in the form of letter, as though someone wiser giving you wisdom about the bigger picture. So the artistic lifestyle is somewhat similar to the romanticists such as Lord Byron, who traveled the world and slept with women without the commitment of a marriage, while an ethical life a man commits to one woman. It's important to note that Kierkegaard was deeply conflicted about marriage and monogamy because naturally and biologically men are more prone to polygamy than women are. So he refused to get married to the woman he loved perhaps simply because he couldn't see himself being with one woman for the rest of his life. So for him the ethical thing was not to marry at all. Once you marry you're morally obliged to be monogamous and loyal to one person. So a pure aesthetic lifestyle, the pursuit of pleasure will leave you empty at the end. Also seeking pleasure is never enough as you have to get higher to experience the high you experienced before. No matter how many women you seduce and sleep with, the urge never stops. This is depicted in Oscar Wilde's novel The Picture of Dorian Gray that ends in the destruction of everyone involved. For instance, someone taking drugs often move up the ladder and cranks it up a notch because the same stimuli gets dull over usage. As Schopenhauer pointed out, quote, life swings like a pendulum backward and forward between pain and boredom. So Kierkegaard says the pendulum is always true between pleasure and boredom. You don't want to eat your favorite food forever as you get bored of it soon enough. Here's what Kierkegaard says about boredom, quote, Boredom rests upon the nothing that interlaces existence. Its dizziness is infinite, like that which comes from looking into a bottomless abyss. So the natural answer to the emptiness of a pleasure-seeking lifestyle is to become rational and moral man. While you can enjoy worldly pleasures, but in moderation and most crucially you're responsible for the other too. Kierkegaard makes two points about reducing anxiety of modern life. One is comparison. The reason we experience anxiety is often we compare ourselves to those around us. We compare our looks, our success, our achievements and things we own and things we do not own. This puts us in competition with everyone else. No matter what we achieve, it eats us from inside. The second point he makes is that wishing for something is also dangerous. Why? Because we expect something in the future. So while comparing us to others is about the past achievements or the present, and wishing is about the future. We wish because we lack something. So this creates expectations and we all know what happens when you expect things. The natural outcome is often disappointing, as Proust showed in his masterpiece In Search of Lost Time, that the more one expects certain outcomes, the more painful is the disappointment when it doesn't come as you expect it. This causes anxiety. Kierkegaard says, we live forwards, but we understand backwards. Kierkegaard also makes a distinction between the moral life being more objective, which forces us to think about others. While the aesthetic lifestyle is more subjective as it's driven by pleasures for me. The real question he asks is this, are we supposed to enjoy life for ourselves or be concerned with the plight of others? 
Today, I would say most people, including myself, is far more concerned with their own well-being or pleasures than helping those who need help. Today, we have deferred the moral authority to the state, civil society, and social institution to help others, and we are mostly responsible for our own individual happiness. We see things on the news, but we rarely put ourselves in discomfort to do something about the challenges of the world. So Kierkegaard argues that a subjective hedonistic lifestyle is when you live for yourself, and the objective moral lifestyle is when you live for others. Kierkegaard sees a problem with both if one goes to the extreme. For instance, in an aesthetic lifestyle, an artist is capable of creating a sublime piece of music or art, but an extreme self-indulgence can also destroy you. Throughout history, there are numerous examples of artists who had psychologically troubled lives. A good example is the drug use among the musicians in the past 50 years. While they were busy creating sublime music in private, they were numbing the pain through drugs and alcohol. And the moral lifestyle too, an extreme moral man can also become blind in his pursuit of correcting the world to the detriment of others. While most wars in the history have been fought for political or economic reasons, but there are also some wars that were fought for the sake of moral or religious principles. Kierkegaard is hesitant to offer a real solution to our existential question, because he says one must ask the question and find an answer himself or herself. Having said that, he does offer religious faith as an alternative to both aesthetic and moral lifestyle. He argues that faith allows us self-reflection, which opens your eyes to what's going on inside us, and only then we can truly understand the world. In other words, we must find an answer that is unique to us. This makes Kierkegaard unique as he puts the responsibility of existential meaning onto us, not other people or leader or the past or religion. It is up to each one of us to find an answer that satisfies us from within. Kierkegaard, being a Nordic man, grew up in the part of the world that is incredibly cold and hostile. So naturally, people must think long-term instead of short-term indulgences. No wonder the Nordic countries were some of the first to embrace technology, rational thinking, and practical solution to life's problems. Do you know what else? Capitalism took a firmer route in the north of Europe because people had to be pragmatic given the cold climate. Today, the Nordic countries are some of the richest in the world, precisely because they prioritized for a cold winter, rather than lying on a hammock and drinking beer. So Kierkegaard sees a pleasure-seeking lifestyle is mostly about now and here. That's why the romanticists such as Lord Byron and Shelley left England and settled in the warmer parts of Europe like Italy or Greece. Even the word romanticism hints to Rome, which is way warmer and climactically pleasant than Copenhagen where Kierkegaard was born. So harsh winters make you think long term rather than immediate gratification. Today most of the world lives in such a comfort that we all prioritize immediate gratification more than restraint and discipline. Commitment is seen as necessary today. So for Kierkegaard, thinking long-term and commitment distinguishes an ethical person from a pleasure-seeking person. So life has presented us a choice and it's totally up to us how we plan and execute it. Another way to analyze the book is the struggle of a religious, mainly a Christian man, to reconcile his natural urges with his religious discipline. Christianity, most religions in general, put a strong barrier around us in order to tame our natural animalistic tendencies of seeking pleasures and avoiding pain. While most religions tell you not to have sex until you get married, 
Our natural urge doesn't care about religious morality. Our innate sexual urge pushes us non-stop to seek sexual partner to procreate with. Kierkegaard was about 30 when he wrote the book, so he knew what was happening in his pants, while his Christian upbringing pushing him to curb his enthusiasm until he was married. Marriage is a serious commitment that most men would avoid if they can get away with it and still have a partner. Unless they find someone who is so beautiful that the only way to lock her down is through marriage. For a Christian man, once you're married, you're no longer free. Kierkegaard gives the authority to God to rescue him from his terrible predicament, stuck between nature's urge to spread the seed and social and moral responsibility of being with one woman. Kierkegaard's fiancée, Regine Olsen, wanted to get commitment from Kierkegaard and he refused it. Today, a lot of men commit, but they have secret affairs, but Soren Kierkegaard chose not to get married at all. He was honest and chose a moral path. I think we are all stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to pleasure-seeking life or moral life. While Kierkegaard puts hedonism and artistic creativity into the aesthetic lifestyle, today there is a clear distinction between the two. Pursuing artistic beauty is no longer seen as simple pursuit of pleasure or self-indulgence. Artists, novelists, musicians and craftspeople pursue beauty through creativity, which is not only morally acceptable, but is also highly respected. Great artists have become almost godlike. But the problem is that these artists are small minority of people. Nietzsche, who came a few decades later, understood this fact, so he based his philosophy on the minority of artists and philosophers, who he thought shouldn't be tamed by morality and social conventions. So, Kierkegaard and either or simply breaks down the choices we all have. We can choose to be self-indulgent, but also be content with the consequences. We also have the choice to be morally responsible. In the 1840s, this was an incredibly novel idea that individuals had the choice in life. Today, we take it for granted, thanks to philosophers like Kierkegaard, who challenged authorities like church to allow us freedom to make choices for ourselves. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.